Are you a hairdresser or barber? Do you want to take your career to the next level but unsure how? Then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. I'm your host, Crystal Wilson. I've worked in the hair and beauty industry for the last 10 years, working my way up through some of the largest salons from each corner of the globe. Throughout my career, I've always been infatuated with the industry influencers, the people who have been able to make a name for themselves and have a flourishing career as a hairstylist. On this podcast, I'll be sitting down and talking to hair and beauty professionals who have taken their career to the next level. The ones who have gone from working behind the chair to exploring another avenue within the industry. From the platform artists, educators, business owners, TV and celebrity stylists, published, self-employed, brand-sponsored, and more, I'm sitting down and asking them how they've done it. I know these accolades can seem unattainable, so I'm making it my mission to break down the barriers, stereotypes, and simplify the process to make the dreams that you have more attainable. Join me every week on The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. I'm excited today to share with you another avenue within the industry. I'm sitting down with my friend, Joe Cadella. And we are talking all things barbering, barbershops, academy, um, product lines. And I've really enjoyed, I think I always want to try and get as many diverse avenues within the industry on here. And oftentimes I'm chatting with more hairdressers and stylists and things like that. But having a barber on and shedding light on that avenue within the industry is something that I really yeah, feel grateful to be able to share with you. So Joe is the co-owner of the King's Domain Barbershops here in Melbourne, and now recently Saint Domain, which is a new venture that they're coming out with. And I feel like I got the inside scoop. I was the, yeah, exclusive content here. So you'll be just as excited as I am, I think, to learn about that new um, business that they're opening and also their King's Domain hair care line. So I was fortunate. I, Joe lives on my street and he's my lockdown walking partner. So I kind of got the, the firsthand scoop on that, I think too, learning about it. And I loved hearing the process of creating the products and trialing them throughout their barbershops and how that makes an impact on retail sales and things like that. So I totally enjoyed this conversation with Joe and his, um, move from starting in the industry through Tony and Guy and learning as an all-rounder and really gravitating towards men's hairdressing and barbering. And that was where his passion was. So um, yeah, I hope that you really enjoy this episode as much as I did. <laughs> all right. Today I'm back with my lockdown walking partner who I have missed. This is a little different view for us than the dog park. It is a little bit. It's weird, isn't it? Sign of the times that we live two blocks apart and we're having to Zoom each other. Oh, my God. Well, I'm sitting down with Joe Cordula. Well done. Yeah, did I get it? That's that's the most stressful part of these. You know, I don't get stressed about the questions or anything. It's the name pronouncing that gets me. Yeah. Yeah, mine's a bit of a tough one, but I I I don't even know if I pronounce it properly enough. That says a lot about you. (laughs) Anyway, I'm excited. We've talked about this probably. You were probably one of the first people I was talking to about even putting this together on our walks and all the shit through lockdown that we went through last year and 
talking about it. So yeah, it's exciting to you, finally have you on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did this. You set this up the lockdown last year. This yeah, time almost last year, a right? year ago. September first is my birthday. Wow. First birthday. <laughs> That's crazy. I know, isn't it insane? And here, and here we are again. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, we'll make the most of the time. I actually was really glad that we kind of set it up because I felt a little bit like not motivated to do it. You know, like I've got to get up and you can't, you have to feel like talking and being switched on for it. So it's good. Once I get yeah, in the role, yeah. it's, it's exciting, but I was glad that we've decided to do this today. Yeah, no, it's good. It's exciting. Keeps us busy. So I would love to start your journey so exciting and something quite different, I think, than what I've had on the podcast. And I'm really excited to dive into kind of the business side of it and that. And that's yeah. something I've wanted to have on as well is more barbers because I've had Owen on and Frank Gambuza, but I haven't had that many in this world inside of it. And I think it's such an important you know, avenue within us. And I think that the hair industry and the barbering industry is really coming together a lot more and collaborating more and having that be not so separated. So I think it's exciting to have you on and hear the different side. Yeah. yeah. 100%. I think like, like you say, like the, the barbershops now, they're, they're pretty much like salons. Yeah. And, you know, the two, the barbering and the hairdressing, they really just kind of come together now. And yeah. at Kingsley May, we call that like modern barbering, where we, we kind of take traditional barbering techniques and kind of hairdressing techniques and, and combine the two, really. Yeah, so cool. You know, I remember when when I first started out, when well, when I left school, I was, what, 16, um, it was either working like a $5, 10 barbershop or you went and worked in a salon. You know, there's uh, nothing, nothing in the middle, nothing yeah. at all. So. You know, it's really exciting nowadays, you know, people like myself where, you know, I discovered pretty quickly that I just had the passion for men's hair. I didn't, I, I like cutting long hair, but I just don't like dealing with women. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, there's, for people like that, you know, people that want to just do like trendy kind of men's stuff, there's just, there's so much more out there now. It's so different to how it used to be. Yeah. And when you started, you felt like if you were going to go down the path of men's hair, it was like you were doing a $5 haircut and there was, it wasn't this like, um, prestigious kind of thing. It was kind of like a step down to you at that time thinking yeah. about going to do men's hair. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it was, if, if you kind of wanted a, a trendy haircut, a footballer haircut, you know, mm. you just go to, you just got to Tony guy or, yeah. you know, someone like that. Um, and, you know, if not, you just went to your, your local barber shop and you got, you know, two, three back and sides. Like and the that generic, was yeah, haircut. Just, yeah, yeah, there was nothing, like, there was nothing in between. So, you know, it's, it's great now that, you know, you can go to any any barber shop now pretty much, especially in the in the big cities. And, you know, you've got, you've got barbers that are skilled in, in long and mid-length hair. Yeah. Um, and like you said, originally, like the two would really come together. Yeah, so cool. So how did, um, so obviously, yeah, I, think, I know, know you it's just It's really mentioned- exciting. And it's, yeah. it's, it changed a lot. Go on. No, I was just going to say how you were mentioning Tony and Guy was the place to go. And that's where you actually started your career, right? So how did that kind of happen for you? Like, did you always want to get into hair or like you're saying you got in and realized once you were in, you liked barbering, but what actually drew you to getting in to starting at Tony and Guy? Yeah, 
Well, I think like, I I kind of, I knew I wanted to leave school. So uh. when I was, you know, 15, 16, I knew I wanted to leave school. So the the kind of options, kind of where I'm from at that point, all the all the guys were going to building college or, and, you know, go be an electrician or whatever. And the, the girls were going to hairdressing college and I can't even put up a shelf. So I just thought, I'll go, I'll go with the girls. <laughs> Oh my god, funny! Um, so you started, so started that as yeah. yeah, out of school. Yeah, yeah. So I just started washing hair on the Saturday when I was still at school, and then it kind of went from there, really. Oh my um, god, cool! Yeah, and at the time as well, you know, I kind of don't mind saying now at all, but you know, a lot of people were kind of like, you know, taking the piss out of me quite a bit. It was, you know, for a guy to go and go and do that at yeah. that point, it was a bit like, yeah. But, you know, it worked out all right in the end. I think that's totally something that I like having on the podcast. There's this stigma around hairdressing. One, I I was actually talking about it with Candy last night. I said to her something about Mm. stigma around hairdressing. And she's like, well, what are you talking about? And to me, it was obvious, like, oh, that people think that hairdressers are dumb and that we, you know, go to hairdressing school because we can't finish school. And she was thinking of a stigma like that we're tattooed and have purple hair and all these things. And then another stigma probably is, you know, for a guy going into the industry, there's this like, oh, like kind of gay stigma or, you know, there's so many misconceptions about being a hairdresser. So I think you sharing that point is so valid for people coming into the industry to know that that, you know, anybody can do it. It doesn't matter your sexuality, your gender, anything, whatever it is, anybody can do it. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, I I don't think there's really that stigma around as much anymore, um, yeah. if at all. Um, you know, I know I've I've got a younger brother; he's kind of eleven eleven years younger than me, and you know, a couple of his mates kind of left school and got into barbering and mm. working barber shops now, and it you know it's it, it's just quite a normal thing now. Um, but yeah, when when I was sixteen, it was pretty different. Oh my god! Um, and yeah, like you say, if you're going to be a hairdresser, then obviously, you know. I must be gay yeah you know that kind of thing but you know so when you got in did you start doing an apprenticeship through Tony and Guy and then when you were doing men's hair in that course is when it stood out to you yeah like I, I started doing the apprenticeship um just kind of went through all that um yeah I just wasn't really that into you know kind of styling women's hair blow waving all that yeah. you know obviously I did it but I just didn't, I didn't love it. You know, my passion was always kind of, I liked my clothes myself and my hair myself. And, you know, at those times it was all, you know, everyone was kind of copying what David Beckham were doing and there were some really cool bands out at the time. And, um, yeah, so I was just kind of into like men's fashion, men's hair, stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, that did end up, obviously I left because I didn't enjoy the lady stuff. And, you know, that did, that did kind of take me to a, a $5 barber shop. Okay. Um, which were kind of like the the next step of the journey, really. Yeah, tell us. Um, which was, yeah, that you know, it was, it it wasn't easy at all. It was it was really difficult. You know, you're in. It was you know, it's kind of a bit rough and it kind of in and out, in and out. You had you know when you're first starting up, you're kind of a little bit slow. And you know, I remember I had someone like take my comb out of my hand once he's like you know you're not doing it right and stuff like that you know it was really like from one extreme to the other um yeah so but you know that's that's just part of the journey and you learn so much from 
stuff like that because you know f- from that I guess you you get really good at kind of your fading and your really short hair um, and also your speed as well you know with barbering yeah. even even nowadays you know you need to to have a successful barbering business you know you do need to get people in and out um, you know we don't compromise the quality at all but you do have to work quickly yeah um, you know that's you know, that's how you kind of make money in, in kind of our game, really. Yeah, totally. Because your ticket is lower. Like, uh, although you're not at a $5 price point anymore, your ticket generally yeah. for a men's cut is the lower end of a cut or a color range in a salon. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we don't really have kind of all the colors and stuff like that that you do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for barbershops, you, you do have a lot more clients, but like you say, you just got to, you know, turn them order a little bit quicker. Yeah. Without compromising the quality. So, you know, it's not always, you're not really necessarily doing the haircut super quick. It's what you're doing when you're not cutting hair. You know, yeah. I've had so many people like that have, that have joined us from salons and I look around and they're like, they're leaning on the back of the chair, talking to the client in the mirror and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like it's bad habits that <laughs> they pick up in the salon. But yeah, yeah none of that. That's so funny. You, got, so, you just got to work a bit quicker. Yeah, that well, I would not do well. I'm like the opposite of quick. <laughs> As you, you know, chat, right? I'm always late. <laughs> You're always late. But you got to you got to learn to, you know, chat and cut and keep moving. Yeah. I'm good. At, I have the gift of the gab. I don't have the gift of speed. Okay. <laughs> it's important too. <laughs> Now, how did your journey, I read through what you've sent me and I think it's so cool. And from knowing you that you moved to Australia from, you were in Thailand, Googling hair, like best barbershops in Australia and ended up here. So how did the journey take you from working in that $5 barbershop in in England to here? I think I I always told people I was going to move to Australia. I spoke to a lot. Um, a lad who I was mates with at school messaged me the other week and I've not spoken to him for years and years, but we were good friends at school. And he said, oh, wow, you know, you, you made it to Australia. And I didn't realise, but I think I've just been telling people for years that I was going to move to Australia. Ah, that but was I've never thing. really, I, yeah, yeah, I've never, but I've never really done any research on it. I don't know why I kind of like <laughs> had my heart set, <laughs> had my heart set on moving to Australia. Um, yeah, so we kind of, I went travelling went to Thailand obviously the plan was to go to Australia but I was just going to take a few months out um and yeah I was just laid on a beach in uh, in Thailand and just googling you know best barbershops in Australia and King's Domain came up um and I think there was an article it must have been like broadsheet or something like that yeah. so King's Domain came up um and I just did a little bit of research on that in terms of like who owned it I knew Joey and Aaron had owned it. A little bit more research, you know. Joey's won hairdresser of the year x amount of times, things like that, and it was pretty much exactly, exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I'm I'm a big believer, you know, looking back that you just got to find the right, you got to find the right people, find the right mentors. You know, if you want to do well, um, in your career, you know, you've got to be willing to to move around, you know, no matter what industry you're in, really. Yeah. Um, to work with the right people, you know, there's nothing more valuable than kind of being in the same room or standing next to someone for two or three years and really kind of learning your trade. Yeah. And admiring the person that you're working alongside or trying to 
emulate in a way or that you respect the the business they've created and I feel like those are the things that you have for the team that you work with yeah 100% and I think like when I I wanted to go to Australia I wanted to travel um but I also didn't want to just waste a year I wanted to kind of learn so you know if I was moving to to Canada now you know the first thing I do I you know sit there right who's it was just one Canadian hairdresser of the year. Yeah. I want to go and work with them. Yeah. And, you know, whether that, you know, no matter what city that's in, I'd just move to that city and I'd go work with them. You know, mm-hmm. I'd make that, make that sacrifice. So I landed in Sydney. I've got my heart set on working at King's Domain. And I'm walking around Sydney and I'm like, right, I'm trying to find somewhere that looks cool. Couldn't really find it. I thought, right, where's this King's Domain? So I Googled it, realised that King's Domain were in Melbourne. <laughs> So I'm like, well, I'll just get like an Uber there or something. <laughs> this is like, this is the level of research I've done like yeah. into Australia. It goes to show, you can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. So once I realised that it was going to cost me two and a half grand to get an Uber there. <laughs> Nine hours to the car. <laughs> yeah, I realised, you know. Yeah, I just I was kind of winging it a little bit, um, but yeah, then I did did Sydney for about a week or two. Realised I was in the wrong city and, and moved to Melbourne. Oh my god! So had you reached out to Joey or King's Domain or anything ahead of time, saying, yeah. "Hey, I'm coming. Can I get an interview?" Or were you just like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to Melbourne and I'll sort it out then." <laughs> yeah, I'd spoke to them and they said, "You like when you're here, um, you know, come past." Obviously, everyone's got an Instagram or whatever, so they could see could see like you know my, my work and said yeah when you come here get in touch and um you know come in and we'll have a chat um but yeah didn't didn't realize that far away that's so funny I love that but it's funny that you say that about googling and finding it because that was the same thing for me before I moved I was like had my heart set same thing I hadn't done any research about cities or anything like I didn't even know Queensland existed or any of these places but I knew (laughs) Melbourne and I knew Sydney and that was my plan too and when I googled Joey's was one of the salons that came up and by fluke the Airbnb that I was staying in my first two weeks was right on the street in front of them And I ended up going in and getting my hair done just to have like a snoop kind of. And I was like, oh my God, this place is exactly similar to kind of what I'd been used to at home. So it's funny how you do have those feelings right away and intuition of kind of where you need to go and what you need to do. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's good not being kind of attached as well. You know, when when you're traveling around, I could just move from, from Sydney to Melbourne. Yeah. And, you know meet these people get into that that line of work and just just see what happens yeah so you know I do think you know surrounding yourself with the with the right people I think that that's really really important and and you know making those sacrifices if if you want to learn yeah um and how long have you been with um that company now well that was it you know I I've been here nearly seven and a half years or something yeah wow I think I, what is it? I, I got here in December 13 and then I went to work there January wow. 14 um yeah so and then that's been it you know I, I kind of decided on the beach what I wanted to do and you know I've kind of I've stuck with it and you know 
thankfully, you know, I've had some really good opportunities through that. Yeah. So talk us through maybe some of that. Like I do want to get, cause now you are a partner with them, but I know you've had some creative journeys yeah. through that and that you're, you're trying to go more on the business route now, but the opportunities that maybe you've been able to get through barbering, I think a lot of times maybe people see that for hairdressers and Australian hairdresser of the year and colorist of the year, but maybe not so much in the barbering, but you've done some photo shoots and now are kind of guiding your own staff on that route. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, correct. I think, you know, I've not, I've, we've, we've done photo shoots, we've done shoots, you know, for Fashion Journal, we've um, always doing the entries for the American crew, Men's Hairdresser of the Year, and the other comp- competition we do, what's it called, AHFA and the other one, H-B-I-A. where you win the little glass trophies, HBIA, I got my confused. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do, you know, do, doing all those, doing all those stuff, so we still, we still managed to kind of do a lot of the creative stuff, um, which, you know, has, has always been really exciting. But like you said, I've kind of taken a, a bit of a step back from that um, this last couple of years just to focus on kind of the business side of things and, um, you know, developing myself in terms of, you know, managing people and, and running a team and, and things like that. You know, I, I kind of seem to be enjoying that a little bit more yeah. nowadays. And so how did that um, transition yeah. happen for you? You were an employee working in the King's Domain shop and then yeah. now you've opened one in Greville Street and are the co-owner of that? Is that the correct title? Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, so I think we, I started working there January 14 and then by the following December, we I'd opened my own shop with, oh, wow. with Joey so and Aaron and the guys. Long. Nah, nah. So I think like again, like I'm someone who's quite kind of determined that you know once once I kind of get my head in it, then you know that's it for me. I'll just I'll just kind of do it. And I think it's just like being involved in in everything, not just kind of committing yourself in the shop, but you know the whole buying into the whole culture as well. I think that's that's kind of even more important, you know, going to all the staff events and, you know, yeah. I think I've just, I flicked you through a, a lot of, pic, you know, a few pictures from, you know, some of the stuff we've done over the years, you know, shop, you know, parties and events and photo shoots. And I was looking at those, looking through my camera roll last night and yeah. obviously at the minute we can't do too much, but, you know, you, you're kind of looking through the last, you know, five, five, six, seven years. And, you know, we've had a lot of fun and, um, you know, you, de- you develop as well. And it was quite nice looking through all those pictures last night. Yeah. But how did you decide, like, was that something that you were open about with Joey and Aaron and the team from the beginning when you joined being like, I know I want my own shop and saying it's either going to be with you or it's going to be on my own or, you know, because sometimes I think that's something that we hear quite often of staff leaving to do their own thing. And it burns this huge bridge between them and their employer. And it's like, well, I've said from the beginning that that was my goal or, you know, maybe they didn't communicate. Like, how did that communication happen where you were then maybe offered this opportunity or asked for this opportunity? Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. I I was just really open about it. You know, I think initially when I came here, um, you know, I, my initial plan was probably just to steal all their ideas and go back to England and, and kind of do my own thing. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, like you say, I, I bought into the culture and I got on really well with everyone. And I love Melbourne. It's such a cool city. And, you know, I did, what, 18 months or so. And, you know, we just had that conversation. I said, look, I, you know, this is what I'm, I'm kind of thinking of doing. And, um, yeah, they just kind of said, look, if you if you want to open your own shop and you want to stay in Australia, you know, I'd, I'd worked I'd worked super hard as well. Um, so I think I'd kind of proved, you know, that that yeah, kind of had the work ethic and the commitment. Um, so yeah, we we just they said, you know, you can open up a, a King's event if you want and just do that with us. So you know, before you know, you know, I went I went on a, a working holiday visa, and you know, within two years, kind of had my own my own barbershop. That's crazy. So I remember ringing ringing my mum and telling her, and she's like, "Oh, so you're not coming home then?" <laughs> said that to me when I bought a freaking couch never mind a barber shop <laughs> and I was like well, well no nah, I'd not really thought about it you know yeah <laughs> it wasn't until that point I was like oh you know I'm, I'm kind of I'm committed now huh? yeah that's so funny <laughs> um I remember a, a client like saying to me um really early on and it was it was good advice he said you can make a lot of money in Australia if you if you work on your day off and you know where I worked before I just kind of rented a chair so I just you know got paid the same every day but here you know you've got all your penalty rates and you know so the guys at King's Domain were good with me because they let me work my day off mm. every week so I was being I was able to kind of save save that money and save money for my wage and you know it was good for them as well because some money was getting reinvested into a shop but yeah um yeah I just always remember that 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 guy telling me that really early on and you know I think if you've got the work ethic and you you know you can't make a lot of money you know earning double time on your day off you know that's yeah. what that's what pays for that's what pays for opening your own shop and stuff like that and for those two years I've come here I've come here to travel and, and stuff like that and I didn't really I didn't really do that I, I kind of was <laughs> working five six days a week yeah. to save up for the shop um but you know like got to do what you got to do and you know in where I'm from you didn't really have those opportunities you know to earn double time on your day off so yeah, yeah. I, I could just be a clear path and um and yeah you just just work hard have fun and um it kind of kind of worked out all right such good advice so then when that mm. starts happening with the partnership is it something that they say to you like okay you need to bring x amount of money and we bring x and it's 50 50 or are, are there negotiations on that that you can decide yeah, like, how involved no, they no, are um, or not or yeah 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 probably could but um yeah about without going into obviously all the numbers yeah just kind of sat down and yeah. and, and figured it all out yeah cool. you know you and um, and how we were going to do it, and and just set up kind of a new business, really, and yeah, and then and then that was that. So it it kind of went, it happened quite quickly. Um, but then you know the last few years after that have have gone even quicker, you know, yeah. because you're always you're always learning things in terms of you know having a having a team of people and managing staff, and you know every every day every week you you're learning new things, and yeah, you know I have. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. That's so cool. So did you, but you probably takes a bit of pressure off when you're going into a partnership like that with an already established brand. Like I think anybody in Melbourne knows of Joey Scandizo's and King's Domain and, you know, it's, it's a well-regarded brand. So that probably helps a lot when you're opening a new shop 
that you're not doing it on your own. You have this name behind you and staff behind you as well. Like, were you able to take staff from each of the other barbershops to kind of help you out? Or did, was that something that was on you to find staff? Yeah, yeah, we took a couple, uh, which really helped. But yeah, like having the name, you know, that's why you do it. I, yeah. you know, because I'd only been here a couple of years, you know, I, yeah. I didn't really know that many people. Um, you know, you still, you know, it would have been really difficult for me to do it on my own. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it was great. But I, I think not only that, you know, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed sharing the journey with yeah. with people. And, um, you know, there's, there's people in, you know, with, with Aaron and people in that King's Domain team that, you know, I'll call them every day and, you know, this has happened, that has happened. What do you think about mm. this? What do you think about that? You know, you can't, you can't kind of it's priceless it's priceless that stuff you know having someone just to call and say what do you think of this and you know have I done the right thing here or you know what do you think yeah what do you think of this what do you think of that it's yeah it's priceless and uh, and and I enjoy it more like I think the best it is you know running running a business and you know you do have to work long hours and it, it can be stressful at times but you know the most important thing is to have fun and when mm. you've got people around you that you get on with, then you can have a lot of fun. And yeah. you know, what's the point in doing it if you're not if you're not going to enjoy it? Yeah, I think you know, something if you, do that it, if you do not, you go. So, so I was saying, if you do not on your own, you know, there'd be you, and then you'd be, be your staff, and you can you can obviously have a laugh with your team and that, but you'll always be a little bit separate from them. Yeah, totally. So it's good having a team around you, you know, that you can share share all the good things with and and sometimes you know the the struggles as well yeah love that so important it was actually something when I started the podcast and when I was talking to some people who had partners in their business and I was like why would you do that like to me I think if I was to do it the whole point is I don't like how certain things are done at x y and z that I would want it to be so much my own and everybody And now it's changed my opinion, having these conversations being like it is, it would be so nice having a partner or somebody because you're right, no matter what you are segregated a little bit from your team, no matter how well you get Mm -hmm. along to have somebody else to share the uh, um, weight of it all and the conversations with is so helpful that is actually in the business firsthand. Yeah, I I think if, if I, if it was just me and you, I had 10 staff, for example, and you know, you're going through a time like now, you yeah. know, these times, I think, I think it'd be, if, if you didn't have anyone to talk to, you know, I think it would be pretty lonely, yeah. you know, and, and, and pretty stressful as well. And I think, you know, when you talk about having partners and, and making compromises or, and things like that, I think, you know, that, that can be the case, but just having really clear communication, I think is the most important thing. Yeah. And, and then, you know, yeah. just being really really open all the time and talking regularly and you know you just it's just that classic communication you know if you if I lived with you for example and then you left your dirty dishes in the sink one night and I didn't say anything and then the second night I didn't say anything after like three months I'd you know I'd throw you out and we'd end up we'd end up <laughs> and up. I'd be shocked like, like <laughs> why you have never you haven't said yeah. anything has Colin been talking exactly. to you <laughs> yeah <laughs> immediate calls on Glenn Hadley. Yeah, I've seen him outside Hanoi Hannah. 
rubbing his chops. <laughs> He's like that fucking Crystal. She leaves the dishes every day. Yeah, that's actually the. But main... if, I, if I'd have told you on day one, clean your dishes up. Yeah. Then you know we'd never end up getting divorced, would we? <laughs> there you go. So you know you just got to yeah. <laughs> that's a good analogy. I'll take it. Do you understand? Do you understand the analogy? I do. I do. I think everybody else will too. And then something else that you've gotten through your journey with King's Domain, and I was quite interested hearing this from our chats last year, was the product company and how that's kind of happened. So walk us maybe through that and what, how you were involved in that. And Yeah. So we just started formulating our own, our own products. Obviously, um, you know, we want to make our own kind of high quality products for our clients cut out the middleman and you can kind of make them a bit more affordable for your clients as well. Yeah. Um, which has been really good. Um, and then obviously this last, this last year or so with, with us having lockdowns, you know, it's, it's kept me busy as well, just developing our, our, our products. So we've got a sea salt, we've got a clay, a cream, a paste, a powder, a shampoo, a conditioner. So, you know, it's been good to be kind of getting involved with that and working on that stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we've just kind of started wholesaling that as well to, to other barbers around Victoria and in a couple in New South Wales. So um, again, that's been something that kind of had to learn myself from, you know, Lexi always kind of laughed at me because, you know, I, I kind of go to the warehouse and I'll pick the products out and then I'll post them off myself and then I sign on to my computer and I've got like a, a portal with the accountant. So I'll do the invoicing myself. Oh my so like God. you just, you're kind of like jack of all trades. You know what I mean? You're the postman, you're the warehouse man, you're the, um, you, you're the accountant. Oh my God. And how did you learn to do all person, of that? Like, you're developing the product. I uh, just, just on the job, I guess. Yeah. Well, you because Joey has in. a product range. 11 is Joey's, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, does yeah. that help that he's involved and already knew kind of that? Like, did that help or was this completely separate and it was up to you to do this? No, no, for sure. Like, obviously, Joey's got Joey's got some good contacts that that we were able to able to use, and then um, you know, it's always good getting getting his help and his opinion and stuff with all all the products that we that we kind of get sent back and we try. But you know, it, it was good because you get sent loads of samples, you try it on your clients and you can get all the staff involved. You can get your clients involved. So the whole kind of process of developing the products was, was kind of really good as well. And again, it's it's good to get everyone's opinion and you want everyone to, to really feel part of that as well. Yeah. I guess that's so cool. Like you're getting the samples coming in and getting to actually try them and be like, Oh, I liked this, but the smell, I hated the smell and you're actually using them on your clients. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. And the staff are the ones in the shop that are using them all the time. So, you know, it's great great to give the samples to them and get their feedback and, you know, get them kind of helping with the development of, of everything as well. Because, you know, then when they're when they're part of the final product, they're gonna they're gonna be a bit more, you know, more passionate about it. And um, you know, it's good to get everyone's input. Yeah, true. And I think the biggest thing about selling, like retail is always such a big kind of push point when you work in a salon. It's always part of your reviews and your targets. Most salons that I've worked at, it's a huge part of it. So having staff be a part of the process is actually really good for you as an owner and a manager because they are more inclined to sell because sometimes getting people on board with retail is the hardest part. But if they've been a part of it. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and then you'd hope that they'd be more passionate about, about that product that they've kind of been involved in and then yeah, seen cool. kind of develop over the last six, 12 months. Then there would be, you know, an, an, another random product on the shelf. Because yeah. you're always going to get stuff that people really like and then the stuff that they don't as much. But if they're part of it, then, you know, there's, so there's more cool. chance that will be kind of a lot, a lot more into it. Yeah, love it. And now the next thing yeah. which kind of sparked this whole conversation again happening is that you're launching yeah. another barbershop or another brand or I don't, where, am I getting the exclusive? I want to yeah. know everything. It is a bit of an exclusive, yeah. Yeah, so we've got... Um, got another barbershop opening um which is going to be called saint domain so it's going to be separate from king's domain okay um so there's there's um myself and aaron and another guy involved in that uh which um will hopefully be opening the first one kind of october november obviously with these lockdowns it's a little bit hard at the minute doesn't it (laughs) yeah so that's just going to be a slightly different concept um, and we've just been really working on streamlining our service and improving our offering a little bit um, in terms of these new set domain barbershops. So they're going to be a little bit different in terms that there'll be no there'll be no apprentices at this one. It'll just be more you walk in, there'll be an iPad, you'll check yourself in, and we've got a new system where you can be part of you can put yourself in like a, a virtual queue. Oh so gosh. it's kind of like a bit more of a, an old school barbershop where you kind of walk in and write your name on a chalkboard, yeah. but with all the modern kind of appliances. So each each station will have an iPad on it. Um, and then um, we'll kind of, we'll have a basic haircut price and then we'll have add-ons. So, yeah. you know, if you want a beard trim, if you want a skin fade, it'll be a little bit more. If you want your hair washing, it'll be a you know five dollars extra so they're so clicking it like on a menu like say i'm going yeah, to yeah. hanoi hannah just say like we said and yeah. i'm adding my dumplings and i'm adding my extra sauce because i always get extra sauce so they're doing yeah. that and like customizing their order on their phone before they get their service not not before they get the service but the barber will just kind of add it up at the end um, yeah. on the ipad at the station but what they what they can do is you know, if they're so the first one's gonna be in South Melbourne. So you know, there's so many offices and people working down there. What they can do is they can log on to the website, they can add the self into the, the virtual queue oh. and then they'll be able to kind of just go down and they'll know how long it'll be approximately and can just grab a coffee and, and sit and wait. So no or, appointments you know, at all. It's only So we're like, gonna start off without without appointments. Yeah. Um, so again, like the traditional barbershop where you just kind of walk in, yeah. but, you know, using, using these kind of modern systems, um, oh. and kind of cutting out having the apprentices as well. So, you know, that'll just be able to kind of keep the cost down as well, yeah. um, for the clients. I think we've got, we've got so many clients that come to the barbershops and they come every week, every single week. And some people I know had come twice a week if they could afford it. Oh, really? So, you know, by kind of streamlining our service and kind of improving these systems and coming up with these systems, we can kind of make it a little bit more affordable. So people can come once or twice a week if they just yeah. want to come and have a fade and things like that. And I guess that's kind of a little bit more what the traditional barbershop was like as well. So we, I guess it's like a modern 
Yeah, cool. Shop. Now, yeah. something yeah. that just when you're saying without apprentices, and I'm just throwing you a curveball here, and you might, you know, skip over yeah. if you want. But something that has been a hot topic lately is about the freelancers going in and renting chairs and not having an apprentice and not having somebody to educate the next generation. And that's like the main issue that seems to be coming from salon owners complaining about, say, myself as a freelance artist is who's coming and training the next generation. So saying that you're now opening a barbershop that's not going to have apprentices, has that been a topic of conversation of that? Or it's um, like you still have your barbershops that have the <clears throat> apprentices? So, Well, we do have the barbershops that have the apprentices, but you know, more importantly, we have um, an academy at King's Domain as well. Mm. And we have a King's Domain barber program. So our barber program goes right from, you know, basing service right through to advanced cutting. So yeah. you learn every aspect, every single aspect of barbering to a really high standard. Um, and what we can what we can do with this new brand with Saint Domain is, you know, we're going to be giving people a lot of experience from the academy. So, yeah. you know, we we're doing four intakes a year at the academy. So you can imagine the amount of barbers that we're going to be able to train every year. Yeah. And we've only got, um, you know, so many King's Domain shops. You know, there's only five yeah, stores. Yeah, I hear you. So, and they're all, you know, they're all fully staffed. So by having, at the minute, so by having kind of Saint Domain as well, it's, it's another way to get these apprentices onto the shop floor and, um, and give them that kind of work experience. So, so cool. Um, you know, Saint Domain is something that, because it's a more strict back model, it's something that can probably scale a lot easier. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully if the first one goes well, that'll be the plan to kind of scale and open up a few of these stores. Yeah. Um, and when when you kind of do something where you're planning on opening several stores, then you're going to, you know, you obviously your main problem is just making sure that you get a real high standard of barber and a real high standard of, of staff. Um, but by using the King's Domain Academy, we can kind of make sure that um, that you know all the all the staff in those shops will be to a really high standard. So good, love that. Yeah, is so, the King's Domain Academy like I went to college and I paid and I went to college for a year? Is that what it's like, or is it for people who are say applying to King's Domain or maybe now Saint Domain? And you're like, yeah, but you have yeah. to go through our training process. Or is it completely separate that they are not expected to work for you after that? They're just doing a training program. So we have a few we have a few different options. So we have our barber program, which is more of like, you know, an intensive course with part-time course, full-time course. And then we have our apprenticeships as well. Okay. So that'd be where that'd be where you work in the shop um kind of three, four days a week and go to the academy once or twice a week. Mm. So we normally start with academy one day in the shop four days. And then when you come towards the end of your apprenticeship, we'll kind of um, get yeah. you in the academy a couple of days as well, um, just to just to finish off the apprenticeship. So, cool. you know, that's that's running really smoothly now. We started off just hiring a room from, um, well, we started up, off upstairs at Joey's um, when I used to do it a few years ago. And then we started hiring a room at Kangan. Um, and then we've gone on to convert in a warehouse in, in Collingwood, uh, which has 20 chairs in there. So it's, wow. it's really grown. And we've got some, we've got some amazing um, educators in there. 
I used to do it, but um, yeah, I, we've uh, got, got some really good educators in there now. <laughs> I got cut, yeah. They found yeah. better people. <laughs> got, got some better people in there. We're better people. <laughs> No, but part of your story and what you've been saying is that you really did want to focus on the business side and the mentoring side, which I guess comes with educating, but you can only do so many things. And I find it hard, even myself, I have so many ideas and my brain's running wild, but like I'm doing everything at 20% and I need to just focus on something. So it's good to know where your strong suit is and where your passion lies and go with that. 100%. And I think like it's, you know, I think that's more of um, a positive to kind of see that. You know, I'm I'm not the best teacher. You know, I look at yeah. the people in our academy. Great, we've got Camille and Luca, and like Camille won the Mentorius of the Year last year. You know, what yeah. a fantastic person to have in there teaching our our apprentices, and they all work in our barbershops as well. So you know, they can kind of bring that culture across. So they can bring the culture from the barbershop and that passion, and um, be able to pass on the current knowledge as well of what's going on in the barbershop because they're yeah. in there three or four days and then they're in the academy as well so you know that means that the apprentices are getting the best possible training and um you know like like i said earlier you know we, we combine those traditional barbering techniques with modern hairdressing techniques as well yeah is there any talk of say you're going into something that's um more streamlined or is there talk about how you would transition to not like do you specifically do men's hair or is it you especially you because you came from a background that you can do um long hair and you learned all that through tony and guy is there something in that with the training that they're learning long hair too and that they're non-gendered pricings or anything like that within your barber shop yeah well they they do they do long hair they do everything um in terms of men's cuts you know obviously you start with a long mannequin and it, it gets shorter and shorter so they cover all your your long hair your mid-length hair um, and because you know king of the name we've always treated as a kind of a, a modern barber shop really you know we've we've always been really big on kind of longer and mid-length hair training and that's kind of what we've always wanted our point of difference to be really in terms yeah. of you know being having having the staff that can that can do those really good kind of long to mid-length haircuts Um, and someone to be able to confidently walk into a shop and know that anyone can cut their hair no matter what length it is to a really high standard yeah um but in terms of you know the the other thing like i've said all along i'll cut anyone's hair yeah man woman whatever it's just I, i guess it's the business model so we do 30 minute appointments yeah, I've got I've got fem- I've got female clients. Yeah, and I just say to them, just wash, you know, wash your hair and dry your hair before you come. Yeah, and then I can cut their hair in thirty minutes. You yeah, know, I'm just cut. I'll just cut out the basin service, and mm-hmm. you know, cut out the blow wave, and you know, I can still cut the hair. It's not yeah. it's not a salon experience. They're not getting you know the same experience yeah. to get if they came to you. But if they just want an inch off, then yeah, you know, come in pay. 50 bucks and have yeah. a 30 minute appointment and yeah true because a lot of it is like for me the way I operate and the way that everything like everything for me is based on timing however long something takes me is what the price is it doesn't matter if it's a men's color or a woman's color or a woman's cut or a men's cut if it takes me 
less time, it's a lower price. So I guess that, yeah, a lot yeah. of people, a lot exactly of the same thing. short hair takes less time or sometimes short hair takes longer. Like for me, that would take yeah. me a lot longer than to cut my, you know, generic haircut that I do <laughs> on everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only haircut I yeah, know exactly. how to do. <laughs> you just, just want a haircut. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everybody gets the yeah. same. That's so funny. Yeah, exactly. I, so I think like if you, you go. with with like the you know the short hair and and the skin fades and things like that you know I, I think if there's a lot of hairdressers listening to this I think a lot of them will say that that would be the thing that they won't be as confident in doing mm-hmm. like skin fades and zero fades and the real yeah. short clipper work because you know you work you're working with millimeters so if you make a mistake it's so easy to stand out so you know we've got our guys kind of really trained on attention to detail and, and yeah. things like that so you know it's, it's just a different skill set um but we've got plenty of people that have come from hairdressing backgrounds that we've then taught how to do all the clipper work so they're a great all-rounder and i know all those guys if some if a, a lady came in with with longer hair um they'd have no problem doing yeah. that in 30 minutes and, and and you know they can take an hour if they want but they just have to charge them for an hour yeah like yeah, yeah it's all yeah. that time cool um, but yeah anyone can come in love but it norm- normally normally it's, it's a, a, a lady who doesn't want to spend a hundred dollars on a haircut because they only want to you know an inch off yeah so totally. like, it's a know, price point difference more than anything yeah yeah so you know for their for them if they're not bothered about the wash they're not bothered about the blow wave they just literally want yeah. an inch off we can cut we can cut that dry and you know yeah. do it in 20 minutes whereas for me like that gives <laughs> me anxiety being like what like they're i'm not gonna wash their hair like it's so instilled <laughs> in you know you know like when you come from a salon environment like it's just completely different yeah. so it's yeah totally true yeah but, you know, if, if someone did want, you know, obviously that, then, you know, you can just send them to, to Joey's. Or, or yeah, whatever. it's the helpful thing about you having a company that has all different tiers is that you can share your clients between where you think they fit best. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Is there anything that you feel like you would want to say, like, say you coming into the industry and being like, people gave you a hard time or, you know, people who are thinking about going into barbering and, maybe being like unsure is there something that you would say to motivate them to join the industry or anything like that um i would just say that you know i, I guess you're a, an architect of, of your own environment really so if you if you really want to do it and you really want to be successful then you know from my personal experience you surround yourself with with the people that you want to learn from, find good mentors. Um, obviously, find yourself a, a great educator or a great educating platform, or go and do an apprenticeship somewhere, um, and and just kind of soak it up. And you know, the, the sky's the limit, really. And mm-hmm. I remember at school a, a teacher saying, "Oh, why would you want to? Why would you want to go and be a hairdresser?" And you know, I, I don't I don't know if a teacher would say that nowadays, but I remember one saying it to me and. Um, you know, it didn't, it didn't really cut me off. And, you know, I've been able to move to the other side of the world and, mm-hmm. and kind of open both. my own businesses. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what she's doing now. She's probably yeah. still at the same school. 
It's so true, but that's, that's literally what I say all the time. Like, look, I've been able to move to the other side of the world and have a career that can take me anywhere for you. You can go traveling and have your clippers and your scissors, like, and that's it. And you work your way through wherever you're going, making money and enjoying it. And I think that even what you said about the photos and the shop parties and all that, I mean, that's how I met you was at a shop party (laughs) and the fun, the fun of that. And the, yeah the industry it's just such a good time like there's nothing better than the work christmas party or the the event nights for the industry and those are yeah it's 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 the best of both worlds i think you're getting to show that you can go in being a hairdresser or a barber and come out a business owner a product developer an entrepreneur like there's so many avenues that you can have within this industry and that I appreciate having someone like yourself on to share another avenue as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, I I didn't like the, um, you know, I didn't like being sat in a classroom at school, and you know, academically wasn't the best. So you know, if there is anyone like that, then you know, I think it's a great, a great industry to get into. And um, like you say, the sky's the limit, really. And you know, with with our academy now, we're really trying to improve the quality of training, um, which improves the overall standard of, of barbering in the industry and in Australia. Um, you know, I wish I wish you know I'd be biased, but you know, I wish there was something like that around when when I was learning, so I didn't have to go and do the whole Tony and Guy thing that I wasn't that interested in doing, and yeah. then go to a five dollar barber shop and get bullied every day by the customers off the estate and then <laughs> like it was just it was just such a stressful journey oh my god well you've made it you've made it. <laughs> it turned out all right in the end I'd say so. You're doing well. Well, I've loved that. I've loved hearing the other side and a bit more about the barbering industry. And I think the new um venture of Saint Domain sounds really exciting and yeah, I love hearing something. Yeah. It always shocks me when Cullum goes down to get a haircut and then he comes back yeah. up five minutes later. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I wrote my name on the chalkboard. The line was big. Like I didn't get it. And I was like, what? What do you mean you wrote your name on the chalkboard? What if you want? I said, because I only let him go to that one guy now. I'm like, but you have to have that yeah. guy. Like you can't just put your name on the chalkboard for anyone. <laughs> so I love this whole modernizing of it. And I think that that would really appeal yeah to a, a client base that you can put your so name he can, in he can put his, yeah yeah he can put his name on the chalkboard while he's sat on the sofa yeah <laughs> that sounds great love it yeah all right well thank yeah. you so much for your time right. if there's anything else you feel like we haven't covered by all means you can drop it in now but i think you've really i think that's it yeah that loved was, it that well was fun and th- thank you for having me on no worries thanks for um yeah messaging again and i'll see i get my wisdom teeth out tomorrow you know we've had quite a role with this dentistry issue and our i've never lockdown walks known anyone go to the dentist as much as you every time i speak to you you go to the dentist you do you've got very nice teeth to be fair (laughs) anyway i'll catch you for a walk next week thank you Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Successful Stylist Unfoiled. If you made it this far, I hope that it means you enjoyed the episode. If you did, the most helpful thing you can do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's greatly appreciated, and I hope that you'll join me next week on The Successful Stylist Unfoiled.